Uh, basically, upstream, we it's a closed loop system. We try to incorporate all of the things that are produced on this site as inputs for other parts of the system. Uh, so we have the vermicompost uh, area. So basically, when we harvest the greens, uh, all the quality control goes in and feeds the worms. Uh, the worms, vermicompost, if you're familiar, create this beautiful black earth. So we can use as a substrate as an experiment to try and create different media to plant the seeds. We can also use the vermicompost tea as a foliar spray to make the plant stronger and or just add generally to the system for more nutrients. Um, ideally, if people were doing a smaller system at home, what we had originally hoped was being able to use the worms as a food for the fish so we didn't have to buy commercial food. Our system's a little bit too big for that. We would need a lot more worms. But again, as an example, when we are teaching people in the community, if they want to do this on their own, they could probably likely have a large enough vermicompost system if they had a smaller system that they would not need to use commercial right. food. Okay. They could just yep. incorporate it all in that closed loop. Yep. So these are the media beds. Uh, they're a little bit chaotic right now because we're in the uh, middle of transitioning them. Originally, the media beds were going to be used for flowering uh, plants, tomatoes, cucumbers. They provide more structure so you can stake the plants. And we had high sodium lights, but the energy cost was just too high. So we're in the middle of transferring that over so we can just experiment with other sort of leafy greens in this. And what's, what's, what am I looking at? What is in here? Actually? So these are hydrogen clay pebbles, which we ended up deciding to use. The original design was just to use pea gravel. So you can use a lot less expensive mediums. Um, the challenge with pea gravel is that you need to make sure that the pH isn't so high that it's going to constantly leach into the system. And okay, the yeah. quarries that we were finding all the pea gravel from, the pH was too high. So it's going to constantly go into your system and you need to maintain a consistent pH level more or less. So the hydrogen clay pebbles are inert, so there's, there's no leaching and changing of pH. Um, you can eat river rocks. Different people experiment with different things. Uh, so yeah, you just have to test the pH and make sure that it's not compromising the system. The other thing the media bed does is it acts as the um, where the bacteria colonizes because the surface of the pebbles, it is piece, a piece of that whole system where the nitrites get turned into the nitrates, which is what the plants uptake. Uh, so that's, that whole thing is happening here as well. This is also where you can incorporate worms. So you can put worms, worms live in the media beds. They uh, do a couple functions. They eat all the extra algae, so you don't have to clean your media bed as often, if at all. Okay, yeah. And then they're also continually producing nutrients by doing that, going back into right. the system. Okay. So this is kind of the uh, beginning of the system, the header tank. Everything happens at the same time. It's not one thing or the other, but we'll start off at the header tank. So the header tank holds the water and it flows out of the pipes into the top bed. Gravity feeds it down to the bottom bed and then it feeds into the sump pump. So the sump pump is where all the water meets and so everything gets sort of mixed in and then the pump goes back up to the header and then the system just keeps going like that. Same thing with the media bed. It flows into the media bed, drains back down and into the sump. Okay, yeah. These are our fish that we're trying to breed. So we recently we recently harvested the last batch of uh, tilapia from our IBC containers, where the majority of the fish are living within the system. So these are the ones that have been removed, and we're trying to breed them. Uh, some people find breeding very simple. We haven't been able to do it yet, so that's kind of a challenge. But basically, they're fun to watch. You can see them; they change colors when they're uh, the males and the females. The aggressive 
versus the oh, not. Really? Okay. Yeah. So the, what we've been reading is the ones that are the male go very pink when they're ready to breed, and the females are smaller, right. and they get very defined stripes. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So tilapia are mouth brooders, so basically what we're waiting to have happen, we might have to remove one more male, because ideally you have one male to four or five females. Okay. And if there's too many males in there, then the female won't lay the eggs because she's concerned about them. So we think we have one more male in there, and so we need to get him out as well. But yeah, that's the idea is that if you can breed them, then you continually have a flow to close loop system. So in six to 12 months, when we harvest that batch, we'll have a new batch to put in because you don't want your tilapia to be too old um, in the system because they slow down their eating process. And again, they are like the engine of the engines of the machines. So the more they eat, the more nutrients they provide for the plants. So when they get older, they stop doing that. So you do want to actually rotate them. Okay. And This is the deep water culture beds. These are floating rafts that we're experimenting with a variety of greens. Um, basically, one of the reasons that things grow so much quicker in aquaponics is because the roots are in direct contact with the nutrients in the water. Right, yes. So from seed to harvest, it's approximately six weeks, give or take a week, depending on the plant. And what would that normally be? I don't know, Joan, what is it normally? We're so involved with aquaponics now, we don't even know yes. what soil gardening yeah. is all about. What is this? You can grow plants in soil? <laughs> yeah. So, up here is the IBC containers. So this is where the fish in the system live. Uh, there's approximately 50 in each IBC container. Five zero? Yeah. Wow, okay. So, yeah, she, they just got fed. So we hand feed the fish because uh, a, you kind of get to be able to be visual with them and see how their health is, make sure that they're active so you have a better idea of the health of the fish. And uh, they're also quite fun. A lot of our volunteers come in and just kind of hang out and watch them because they are very interactive. Uh, we did have to add some iron to the water, so that's why it's so red. Uh, normally you'd be able to see them a little bit better, but once the iron goes in, it kind of takes away from your visual. And what's this uh, blue tank? Yeah, so the blue tank is the swirl tank. So most of, in the process of the fish waste turning into nitrites, which get turned into nitrates through the whole biofilter action, uh, most of the solids of the fish are um, water soluble. Some of them do still, there's still some pieces that are a little bit heavier. So they get caught up in the swirl tank. So just by the virtue of that water swirling like that, the solids sink to the bottom and about once every few weeks, we just empty it out. And then you get, again, another type of natural fertilizer for right. your soil, all the vermicompost. And all that the, goes um, into the vermicompost bins? Or? Right now, we're just taking it to community gardens and we're putting okay. it in like our regular gardens. Uh, but yeah, one more aspect of the system that can help you just continue to grow food in other ways or keep within this system. Right, okay. And that's the system in a nutshell. So you really have learned a lot about yeah, <laughs> this whole system works. How much did you know about aquaponics beforehand? Uh, nothing. This was a complete, like we said, a volunteer came and approached York Region Food Network uh, with the idea to do this, and our learning began. So, yeah, we're more, uh, you know, social justice workers. We're not farmers, so there's been a lot of learning curves, uh, trying to determine, you know, nutrients of plants and what, where they're deficient, what they need. Uh, you know, the idea of light spectrums, and you can only grow certain things under certain lights. It was all new to me anyways <laughs> so yeah so are you gonna do this at home then or have you started one at home actually my partner and I have uh, you know started collecting aquariums 
maybe when uh, I'm no longer here, I'll actually work on it. But we started putting it together and I just decided it was too much <laughs> after being here all day and then going home. But it's definitely something that we want to incorporate into uh, our house as well. Very good. Thank yeah. you for the tour. Okay. Thanks, Brian.